You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you're on this disciple's journey with me as we go through the entire Bible this year. We are finishing up the Old Testament this week. Yes, we're finishing up with the last four books of the Old Testament, the last four books of the Minor Prophets, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Today's episode is our apologetics episode, How Can We Defend Our Faith Based on the Text? these four books. So I really want to focus on the book of Zechariah as you've been reading this week. Uh, I've already shared in the first episode this week that Zechariah is divided into three different sections. From chapters 1 to chapter 6 verse 8 we see visions of peace and prosperity. Uh, Definitely mentioning the branch as described also in the book of Haggai as Jesus Christ, this righteous branch, a messianic prophecy. Then we see chapters 7 through 8 dealing with uh, fasting, repentance, the responsibility of the Israelites to, to continue following after God after this time of captivity. But then it's chapters 9 through 14 that I'd really like to focus on today because what we find in this passage is really a summation of, for us, what is historical, for them, what would have been prophetic, future tense for them. And then when you get into chapter 11, we see a what I believe is the uh, the layout of the end of times, and I'm really excited about this passage because, or this book because it lays out for me uh, the way in which Jesus is going to return for His church and for the people of Israel. And so, jump with me. I want to go to chapter eight first. Let's let's start right there. Chapter eight, verse one says. Um, Then the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Zion. Yes, with great wrath I am jealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the city of truth, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts will be called the holy mountain. Skip down with me. Verse 6 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is too difficult in the sight of the remnant, remnant of this people in those days, will it also be too difficult in my sight, declares the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I am going to save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west, and I will bring them back, and they will live in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Thus says the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong, you who are listening in these days, to these words from the mouth of the prophets, those who spoke in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid to the end to the end that the temple might be built. And so we get God laying out for us his desire to save his people. Now, they have already come back from captivity, but they're building the temple and building the wall around the temple. They are focused on how to uh, be that that city, that great city, that great nation again. And now God's about to begin in chapter 9, uh, giving a burden to uh, to Zechariah for his people against, uh, uh, against the Gentile nations. And I want to walk you through why for them this was prophecy, for us it's history, but then the latter part is still future prophecy for us and how God uh, declares this and we can trust him. So jump down with me, chapter 9, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord is against the land of Hadrach, with Damascus at its resting place. For the eyes of men, especially of all the tribes of Israel, 
are the Lord. And so what you have in uh, chapter 9 is going to be the arrival of a great pagan leader. Uh, and this is going to take place in 332 to 331 BC with Alexander the Great. Jump down with me in chapter 9 verse 8. It says, but I will camp around my house because of an army, because of him who passes by and returns, and no oppressor will pass over them anymore. For now I have seen with my eyes. Now for us, many of us, that may not mean much, but Josephus recorded uh, that when Alexander the Great came through in uh, 332 to 331 BC, that he he sieged every place surrounding Israel, but he did not siege Jerusalem. But he met uh, the the high priest at the gate, and the the high priest brought this to him. And let him read it. And Alexander the Great was amazed by the prophecy of what God had done. And Josephus records how Alexander the Great left Jerusalem unharmed and without any uh, any battle at all. That was unheard of in Alexander the Great's uh, uh, Hellenistic spread, the spread of, of, of Hellenism, because he... Uh, he went through and took over every city and grew Greece, but Israel did not fall to Alexander the Great. Now, later on, Israel would be under the power of the Greeks for a time and then the Romans. But in this time, chapter 9, verse 8, God says, Him who passes by and returns, there will not be an oppressor uh, that... Uh, that rises up. And then the Messianic prophecy, chapter 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey. That shows the arrival of Jesus Christ. We saw the arrival of a great pagan leader in Alexander the Great, but Jesus Christ rises above him. Now, jump with me. Chapter 11 of Zechariah, verse 1, says this. Open your doors, O Lebanon, that a fire may feed on your cedars. Wail, O Cyprus, for the cedar has fallen, because the glorious trees have been destroyed. Wail, O oaks of Bashan, for the impenetrable forest has come down. There is a sound of the shepherd's wail, for their glory is ruined. There is a sound of the young lion's roar, for the pride of the Jordan is ruined. Thus says the Lord my God, pasture the flock doomed to slaughter. Many uh, scholars have applied this passage to uh, the destruction by Rome in A.D. 70. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 4 show that. But notice what would take place. Jesus actually declares this would happen. When you go to Matthew chapter 23, uh, Jesus is, is talking this Olivet Discourse. In Matthew chapter 23, uh, looking at verse 37. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers uh, her chicks under her wings and you are unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you from now on, you will not see me until you say, Jesus, uh, say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then Matthew 24, verse 1, Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. And they asked him, When will this be? 
and Jesus uh, tells them that they will hear of wars and rumors of wars, for nation will rise against nation. And so in this, we see a promise of the destruction by Rome in AD 70. But then we also see that what takes place is the rise of an Antichrist. Look at chapter 11 of Zechariah, verse 15. The Lord said to me, Take again for yourself the equipment of a foolish shepherd. For behold, I am going to raise up a shepherd in the land who will not care for the perishing, seek the scattered, heal the broken, or sustain the one standing, but will devour the flesh of the fat sheep and tear off their hooves. Woe to the worthless shepherd who leaves the flock. A sword will be on his arm uh, and on on his right eye. His arm will be totally withered and his right eye will be blind. Many scholars have said this is the prophetically the rise of the Antichrist. It's prophesied by Jesus in John chapter 5 verse 43 and Daniel in uh, Daniel chapter 9 verse 27. We also see the role of the two olive trees at this point uh, that... uh, According to Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 and 4, they will speak against this rise of the Antichrist. But the Antichrist rises, and uh, he goes against the, the nation of Israel. But then, ultimately, Israel is, uh, is protected, according to Revelation chapter 12 and, uh, and Matthew chapter 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And the Antichrist goes against the church. Well, during this time, the Gentiles will come against Israel. Uh, look at Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord concerning Israel thus declares the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundations of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I am going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples around. And when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah. It will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. In that day, declares the Lord, I will strike every horse with bewilderment and his rider with madness. But I will watch over the house of Judah while I strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, A strong support for us are the inhabitants of Jerusalem through the Lord of hosts their God. In that day I will make the clans of Judah like a fire pot among pieces of wood and a flaming torch among sheaves, so they will consume on the right hand and on the left all that surrounding peoples, while the inhabitants of Jerusalem again dwell on their own sites in Jerusalem. And listen to verse 7. The Lord also will save the tents of Judah first, so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem will not be magnified above Judah. In that day the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the one who is feeble among them in that day will be like David, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. So we see that they are attacked by the Gentiles, but God is going to protect them again. Chapter 14, verse 1 says, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle. Now this has not happened yet. And the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women ravished, and half of the city exiled. But the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. And then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. In that day, his Feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And on the Mount of Olives will be split in the middle from east to west by a very large valley, so that half of the mountain will move toward the north and the other half toward the south. So this shows, this is the day that 2 Thessalonians 2 talks about. 
during the Great Tribulation, nations gather around Israel. Uh, we see that the church is going to be raptured at the end of the Great Tribulation, and the wrath of God is poured out. And it describes the Battle of Armageddon when, from Revelation 16, 12 through 16, and 19, 19 through 21, where uh, the church has already been taken up, the nations come against Israel, and Jesus Christ returns. Though they are attacked by the Gentiles, they are saved by the return of Jesus. Uh, listen to verse 4 again from chapter 14. says that he will split the Mount of Olives. But now look at this uh, in verse 5. You will flee by the valley of the mountains. Then the Lord my God will come and all the holy ones with him. In that day there will be no light. The luminaries will dwindle. For it will be a unique day which is known to the Lord neither day nor night, but it will come about that at evening time there will be light. And in that day, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem. Listen to verse 9. And the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be the only one and his name the only one. In verse 11, it says, People will live in it and there will no longer be a curse for Jerusalem will dwell in security. So we see a promise that Jesus will return. This is reflected in Revelation 19, 11 through 21. And according to Zechariah 12, verse 10, what takes place is when Jesus comes back, he comes with his holy church. And then Israel looks upon him in verse 10 of uh, Zechariah verse 12. It says, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, so that they will look on me whom they have pierced, and they will mourn for me, mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him, like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. They weep, they'll repent. Listen to uh, verse Verse 12, it says, The land will mourn every family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, the wives by themselves, and then the family of the house of Nathan, the house of Levi, the, the family of the Shimeites, and all the families that remain, every family by itself, and their wives by themselves. And so we see the promise that Israel will be saved, but we also see that the new heaven and the new earth results in a worship at Jerusalem, Chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, for all Gentiles. Then it will come about that any who are left of all the nations that went against Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate the Feast of Booths. And it will be that whichever the families of the earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, there will be no rain on them. God promises in his symbolic way that he will gain the glory and that there will be an opening for Gentiles to be saved. Verse 20 says, In that day there will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, Holy to the Lord. And that is the promise that we see from not only the book of Zechariah, but from the minor prophets, that though it looked like destruction for Israel in that day, there is coming a day when Christ will return with his holy church and Israel will be saved from all the armies of the nations and the nations that have gathered around uh, will be destroyed, and the armies of uh, the the armies that came against Israel will be destroyed, and Israel will repent and turn back to God. That remnant will be saved by their faith in Jesus Christ. So, what we see in Zechariah is this timeline. We see the fulfillment of history for us: uh, the rise of Alexander the Great, the the 
uh, earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. We see destruction by Rome in AD 70, all past for us, but we see in the future the rise of the Antichrist, the attack of the Gentiles uh, against Israel after the church is raptured, and the salvation of Israel by the return of Jesus Christ laid out in the Old Testament. And we can have faith that God has promised he will fulfill it because he has fulfilled every other promise he has made. So this is how we can defend our faith based on this text. As we close out our uh, episode today, Apologetics, we want to close out with a ministry moment, a focus on a particular ministry, and I'd like to lift up our disaster relief ministry. As many of you know, uh, hurricanes this week have been touching down in Florida, and, uh, and there are many disaster relief, especially from Mississippi, uh, Georgia, and Florida, uh, Southern Baptists who have gone down there to help. Uh, we've got many, in, even in our church, who I believe are headed down there pretty soon this week. Uh, and so be praying for the, uh, the, uh, the, the people in Florida right now as uh, weather gets intense for them. Pray for safety. Pray that uh, many are rescued if there's any, uh, uh, any damage. But ultimately pray that God in his mercy and grace would protect and that his glory would be known. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground. <laughs>